0: Well, tonight I would like to speak on something called uh, um, From Bondage to Freedom, Living a Life of Deliverance. Uh, Unfortunately, as soon as you say the word deliverance, uh, it's a lightning rod for a lot of people. Uh, Some people hear that word with joy, others with fear, uh, others' walls go up inside of them and they have extreme caution on what you're gonna say. Uh, so it seems like the word itself, deliverance, uh, tends to alienate certain audiences immediately from anything you're gonna say. Uh, some people have uh, preconceived uh, opinions, good or bad, regarding the word. And of course, there have been abuses of the word deliverance over the years. So people sometimes refuse to listen to anything on the topic. And some people just think they're natural experts on deliverance. I remember Pastor Walt had said to me a long time ago, because he used to be a school teacher and uh, before he became a pastor, and he had said, as a school teacher, it was always difficult for him uh, to speak to parents because everyone's been to school. And everyone's had preconceived attitudes and opinions about school, learning, and teachers. So he would speak to them. It's as if they acted like they knew more than he did as a trained teacher. And yet he's trying to talk to them about their children, how their children are performing, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, it was always a stumbling block to him that they always, a lot of folks thought they knew more than he did. And yet this is what he did for a living. He was a teacher. And so that's the same thing with deliverance. So many people have heard the word and they have preconceived views and they think they're experts on it because they saw Uh, one video, uh, one sermon, who knows, and then they think they know all about it. And they they just kind of shut down or they filter everything you're going to say through what they think they know. So it's a very difficult word biblically for people to talk about. Uh, But deliverance is a very biblical word. It speaks of people uh, being set free from the captivity they're in. Just in its simplest form. Being set free from captivity. And we see the first concept in Genesis where Joseph is telling his brothers that God is going to use him to save the entire family line from famine. And in Genesis chapter 45 and verse 7, it says, So God sent me ahead of you to ensure for you a remnant on the earth and to keep you alive by a great deliverance. How about that? And yet here again in the book of Exodus, we're not going to turn there, but the Hebrews are set free from Egypt. And we've seen the same concept again. God sends them a deliverer, Moses, to deliver them. So Moses here, uh, by delivering the Hebrews, it's a picture of what Jesus was going to do at Calvary for us. Delivering mankind from the bondage therein to sin, <clears throat> to the very nature of sin, to Satan, to Satan. So something they would not be able to do, you and I would not be able to do for ourselves. Jesus did for us. He did a great deliverance. So when we consider that at Calvary, when we speak of Jesus delivering us, is this just a a one-time event? So, interesting, because we know he tells us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 13... When he's telling the disciples his model prayer, to pray daily, he says, And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. How about that? So if we're going to be praying this daily, there is a daily deliverance for us. There's an ongoing deliverance that we have to ask Father God to bring to us. That's an interesting thought. So Paul wrote something very similar in his own ministry about this ongoing daily uh, deliverance of uh, being delivered from danger, from the attack of the evil one. In uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse 9, Paul says, For I know this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus. In Second uh, Corinthians chapter 1 verse 10, Paul continues and says, Who rescued us from such a great danger of death, And will rescue us, He whom on whom we have set our hope, and He will yet deliver us. So we see here. Without going in great detail here, uh, I think we can see that we need our Lord to rescue us, to deliver us from the evil one. So I'm not speaking tonight on uh, demons and casting out demons, how so many people think the word deliverance is only limited to. Rather, it's far more encompassing than that, that God delivers us from danger. God delivers us from things that uh, would harm us. God brings us uh, out of that which we get trapped in and we need to be rescued from. We're like that little uh, lamb that goes astray that constantly needs to be rescued. Some of you more than others, okay. Well, anyway, so I want to speak tonight on four phases of deliverance that we need in life freedoms uh, that we have from bondage that we need to find. Four phases of deliverance. In our life, our goal is to grow in holiness, a daily holiness. Hopefully, we want to live a life where uh, sin and the evil one do not dominate us. We want to live free from such oppression. We want to live our lives this side of heaven with the freedom that Christ offers us that we would experience daily. But yet, This comes slowly in phases. That's an odd statement. This comes slowly in phases. We already have it spiritually in the spirit realm. It's our legal standing before God, but we experience it day by day in our living. That's our state of being from day to day. So in other words, we have a a, a vital, uh, that is a, 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 um, a legal state and a vital state. Uh, For example, you have uh, constitutional rights, you have the Bill of Rights, but we all know that's just on paper for us. If we don't enforce our rights, people will try to take them from us. So therefore we have to enforce our rights in our daily living, vital living. If we don't enforce our rights, we can lose them. So same here, the Lord has all these blessings and promises for us as our legal standing. That's done at Calvary and the resurrection. But we will not see those blessings in our life unless we pull them down by faith in the promises of God and live them out in our daily vital state. That's what we do with the word of God. That's what we do with prayer. That's what we do in, in living uh, with an intimate life with the Lord. We're pulling down the promises and making them real into our lives. So other people can't do that for you. You have to walk with God for yourself. Taking the, uh, the uh, legal standing that you have, and pulling it down to see it in your daily, daily life. So if we're honest, we really don't uh, live up to what our Lord has already done for us. Uh, we get stuck, the body of Christ. We get stuck in sin, and we hinder our own life of holy living. So this is a slow progression for us to see these uh, mighty things the Lord has done for us happen in our lives. This is a slow progression as we're growing in holiness, that I'm speaking of, which is called sanctification, growing in holiness. So our growing in holiness comes in phases of deliverance. And that's what I'm going to look at tonight. Very easy to understand. I don't have a very long message tonight, but I do have one that we should keep in mind if we want to live a life of wholeness in the Lord. And this becomes very obvious. It's not not a difficult thing. So let's look at these Various phases of deliverance. I don't have this on the overhead, so you have to take notes. First phase of deliverance, okay? Deliverance from your past. Deliverance from your past. Did you know that? The Lord wants us delivered from our past. That is that our past does not rule our present, does not dictate our future. I don't know about you, but I meet a lot of people that are stuck in the past. I'm not making light of it. Uh, when you hear of horrible things that have happened to people in life, trauma, uh, the way they were raised, uh, oh my gosh. It's like unbelievable how people have suffered in their growing up process. Rejection, loneliness, uh, hurts and wounds. It's just horrible. And uh, things they did that they wish they never did, etc. That still govern them in their lives from day to day. And that, is, that should not be. Uh, in Galatians chapter 5 here verse 1 it says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free therefore stand firm and do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery oh I never want again be subject to a yoke of slavery also tells us in Titus chapter 3 verse 3 for we too were foolish disobedient deceived enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy and hateful, hating one another. Woo. So we needed changed lives. So when we receive Jesus as our Savior, we don't live the same way anymore after we met him. Right? We don't live the same way after we've met Christ uh, because now newness has come. As it tells us in Corinthians, all things have become new. Many people have testimonies on how Jesus has changed their lives. Bad habits and behaviors of the past just fell away. They experience uh, change taking place within them. So this new freedom that we have is, uh, is something that we did not know before we knew Christ. We don't live today the same way we did before we met Christ. He's brought us change. Holy Spirit has brought change in us. And I've been delivered from my past. That's for most people, they have that experience. Usually uh, within the first year, they've come to know Christ as their Savior. Sometimes very quickly. uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 6. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, and in them you once walked when you were living in them so we no longer have that walk when we become to Christ we experience a deliverance from our past living this is the normal christian life it's a sign we've been born again we've been delivered of our past And the good news is if people are still stuck in their past, there's ministry that can be given to them to help them be set free. There's topics of inner healing, topics of letting the past be in the past. Right? We don't want to live in the past. There's no future in it. Glory to God. So it's very important that Jesus wants us free from our past. But that's our very first phase of deliverance when we come to Christ. We are free from our past. That's something we want to live uh, very dear to our hearts. All right, the second phase here of deliverance that we go go through is deliverance from wrong associations and behaviors. Deliverance from wrong associations and behaviors. Let's talk about associations first. We have Paul's words in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. Do not be deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. Wow, okay. So who is this company then? (laughs) Who will we associate with? Who do we associate with? Uh, What people are we allowing into our lives to speak into our lives? This is an important question. Uh, Do we let those of bad company speak into our lives? Well, God forbid. Uh, Even other believers can lead us astray if they're not bringing us the counsel of God's word. Just because they're a believer doesn't mean they give you godly counsel. So who do you allow to speak into your life? That's a big question. Uh, We should allow people to speak into our life, to speak life to us. Unfortunately, too many people let lost movie stars speak into their life. Godless pop singers, ungodly friends. You don't want these people speaking into your life. We need to let people speak into our lives, but we need to make sure they have the word of God on their lips when they speak into our lives. Amen? One of my favorite scriptures is Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. In the first part, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Oh, it goes on here, at the King James here. Nor standeth in the way of the sinner, nor sit it in the seat of the scornful. Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. It's very important that we realize that not all counsel is of the Lord. If it doesn't agree with God's word, it's counsel of the ungodly. Even believers can give you counsel of the ungodly, which is sad. When their advice doesn't agree with the word of God. So I don't want to walk in the opinion of others. I don't want to walk in the counsel of the age that I live in. I don't want to walk in anything but the counsel of God's word. And Holy Spirit applies that to my life. So, I don't want wrong associations. Unfortunately, too many believers we meet over the years do not follow this principle. They have wrong associations in their life. Gets them in all kinds of trouble. Therefore, we need to be delivered from wrong associations. Close associations that we have that... Don't honor the Lord, have to be broken. If you're not going to walk with God with me, then you're not walking with me. It's that simple. We have to get that serious about it. Yet many have a great difficulty breaking associations like that. And um, so also part of this here that we saw here in the second phase is a deliverance from wrong associations and behaviors. Okay, so in addition to this, behavior is an issue as well. In Ephesians chapter 4 here, Paul tells us in verse 28, and 29, the one who steals must no longer steal, but rather he must labor, producing with his own hands what is good, and he will have something to share with the one who has a need. Let no unwholesome word come from your mouth, but if there's any good word for edification according to the need of the moment, say that, so that it will, be, it will give grace to those who hear it. So our behavior then also has to change. We need a deliverance from wrong behaviors as well as wrong associations. It's a deliverance we go through. Uh, some things that we once did and practice in life that we once had, we have to drop because it doesn't honor Christ. Holy Spirit leads us into these changes in our behavior when it doesn't glorify God. Now, interesting thing here for many believers, these phases of deliverance— phase one of deliverance from your past, phase two here deliverance from wrong associations and behavior, for a lot of them it comes pretty quickly for a lot of believers they find a lot of success and freedom in the first year of their walk with the Lord from a lot of these areas, that's very very common and that's good to hear that's a sign of God is working in your life and you're letting him you're not resisting him, you're not pulling away from him, you're allowing him to be the Lord of your life. Amen? However, the next two phases, well, they tend to take a lot longer, it appears. As I had said, this is progressive. It doesn't happen here overnight. Okay, let's go to phase three here. Uh, Deliverance from negative confession or deliverance from the negative confession. Now, that sounds odd to some people to hear this. The word confession simply means saying the same as, agreeing right? When the police have the suspect there, they say, confess, confess. What are they saying? Agree with us. We know you did it. Say you did it. We know you did it. And uh, they're trying to get him to confess uh, to what they're saying they're doing. So they're looking for agreement. So confession means say the same as. Uh, The problem is too many people out there agree with things that are unbiblical and then speak them out of their mouths. This is a big issue. Another way of wording this is uh, deliverance from speaking unbelief. When you go all through the word of God, uh, unbelief is the real big issue for so many of these people that we are reading about their lives in the word of God, the issue of unbelief. You know, when it comes down to it, all Jesus really asks us, will we believe him and trust him with our future? It's that simple. Will we believe? And yet... That is some of the hardest thing for some people to get through. They are believing in things they ought not to believe in. And then of course, you speak it out of your mouth. Proverbs chapter six, verse two. If you have been ensnared by the words of your mouth or caught by the words of your mouth. That's the key there. Our words of our mouth ensnare us and catch us. Uh, James chapter one, verse 26. This is the Amplified Bible. If anyone thinks himself to be religious, scrupulously observant of the rituals of his faith, and does not control his tongue, but deludes his own heart, this person's religion is worthless, futile, barren. So what will I do with the words from my mouth? Will I agree with God's word, or will I agree with the evil one? So training our tongue to speak what is of faith What is of belief in the word of God is a big, big issue. It's an ongoing deliverance that we experience in our lives. Or I stop agreeing with this world system that has trained me not to walk with the Lord. And I come to Christ and I'm being retrained in my thinking, retrained in my attitudes, retrained in my heart's way. That I would start to agree with God's word, not with what I see from day to day that disagrees or is contrary to the word of God. Uh, That's hard because I've had a whole lifetime being trained into not thinking like God. Then, when I come to know Jesus as my Savior, my mind is being retrained. So here uh, we need to retrain our tongue uh, to speak faith and belief. I personally believe that many believers create their own problems in life by the way they talk. Um, This sickness is going to be the death of me. I'm never going to find happiness. I'm never going to have money. Well, I'm just a rebel. God doesn't want me healed. My parents or my brother or my sister, they're going to be a problem for me for the rest of my life. My husband, ain't never going to change. My wife, she's never going to change. I hate my kids. I hate my job. I never get ahead. Nobody likes me. Of course they don't like you. Look at the way you talk. <laughs> Come on, we've all heard this. Maybe you were one speaking such things, or hopefully still do. <gasps> You know, we hinder ourselves. We say we want the Lord to, uh, to uh, bless us. We want his word in our lives. We want to believe for him, the things he has for us, and then we act the complete opposite. I remember one time I knew a lady. Uh, if she knew who to talk to the right way that she's believing God for healing. And uh, she would always tell oh, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm healed, I'm healed. But when she talked to her family that didn't know Christ, she loved pity. And when they would ask her how she's doing, she would say, this is a true story, I'm dying, I'm not going to make it. Guess what? She died. All those sayings of the right things at the right places, of the right people, of how Jesus is my healer, she didn't really believe it in her heart. Or she was saying the opposite, to defeat her own need for pity, because she loved people's pity. That is going to determine your own course of your heart by your own mouth. Either you believe it or you don't. And uh, our own tongue can get us in a lot of trouble. It's a whole separate sermon here, but uh, if we're going to be speaking God's word, we're going to be speaking faith-filled words. If we're not going to speak God's word, we're not going to speak faith-filled words, and there's nothing we're going to obtain from the Lord. This is something we need to be delivered from, the negative confession that doesn't agree with God. Now, we don't receive Christ as our Savior and then keep acting like the rest of the world behind us that doesn't know Christ as if nothing happened. We have been translated from the dominion of darkness. Yes, Satan doesn't have a kingdom, he has a dominion, the Word tells us. We've been translated from the dominion of darkness into the kingdom of the light of the Son of God, which implies when that happens, my speech changes because something has changed inside of me. I no longer agree with the things of darkness. I'm going to start walking, agreeing with the things of light. So we need to be delivered, be delivered by our own tongue from speaking unbelief and the negative problems in life. Uh, consider, you know, you only have today from what you have sown yesterday, good or bad. We only have today by what yesterday's words have brought. If things are going a positive trend in life, if you want to put that word, you are speaking the word of God because it produces life. But if things are constantly going down and wrong, and everything's going wrong, you have to analyze what's been coming out of my mouth. What have I been saying? Or what have I not been saying that I should have been saying? The negative confession hinders our own blessings. The negative confession is not normal for a believer. It's normal for the unbeliever. It's normal for the believer to agree with God's word. My heart wants to agree with God's word. Therefore, I should speak it. I should start to have that in my daily conversation. To myself, and by the way, you do talk to yourself. If you didn't, you don't have a brainwave. You do talk to yourself. What do you say to yourself? Hopefully, you say to yourself, hey, agree with the word of God. Stop those feelings. That's not what God's plan for you is. God's plan for you is for a life and a hope and a future, not for a disaster. You've got to talk to yourself. You've got to encourage yourself in the Lord. I'm not being strange. I'm telling the truth. We need to be delivered from a negative confession. And this is an ongoing thing for so many of us. Because for some reason, we just don't get it sometimes. Probably because we don't take it seriously enough. We don't take it seriously of the depth that this is. So you have many people out there who haven't yet gone through a third deliverance that they need in life, a deliverance from the negative confession. This is where our sanctification, our holiness takes time. This is where time is involved. It's a slow process where we start to retrain our minds to agree with the word of God. Because we're real good at agreeing with this world system. But when we come to Christ, my thinking has got to change. I've got to start agreeing with God's word, which will be contrary to what's coming at me all day long in this world. Who will I agree with? Will I agree with God's word? Will I agree with what I see and by the people I associate with? Hey, sometimes you can't get rid of them, right? Uh, It's it's not just, you know, you and Jesus on an island by yourselves. It doesn't work like that. We have to learn how to deal with the people around us to not let them filter into our lives their negative confession, their life of no hope. We have the hope of glory. Is this okay? You getting this? Okay. The people on TV are awfully quiet. I don't know. Anyway, fourth phase of deliverance. Okay, we talked about being delivered from the negative confession. The fourth one is being transformed in your eye gate and your ear gate. Being transformed in your eye gate and your ear gate. Psalm 101 verse 3, another verse I love. I will set no worthless thing before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Our eyes and our ear gates are are, are gateways to our soul. What we see, what we hear, we take in and it goes into our soul. You and I are meant to be gatekeepers where we take a guard over our eyes and over our ears, keeping watch over what we allow in us. And here's where a lot of Christians don't do too good and they have to get better at. This is an area of deliverance we need. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is the will of God is, and which is good, acceptable, and perfect. And we are constantly this side of heaven, you and I, going through a mind renewing process when you're in the word of god when you're in prayer you're in a mind renewing process just by sitting here tonight you're in a mind renewal process of renewing your mind in the things of the lord and this is something we have to constantly do because we have the opposite coming at us all the time our minds need renewal of what's vitally important the thoughts of god the intention that the lord has for my life for your life This is important. I need a clue into this. This is key. And the difficulty is too many are conformed to this world age that we live in. And their eye gate and their ear gate has no keeper. Anything just comes on in. In fact, we have uh, so many of them more conformed to this world age than you would ever realize. Uh, uh, The TV, the internet, the media, song lyrics today are invaders into our ear gate and our eye gate. Uh, Whatever we allow in us is, and that opposes the word of God or what the word of God teaches is an invader. Anything that robs us from time in his presence is a thief and a robber. And remember, uh, we've been allowing the thief to rule for a very long time. His rule's got to stop in our lives. We have to start to regain The eye gate and the ear gate. I Remember we had, uh, was it, last night, yeah. We had a a leadership meeting with the people who run different ministries in the church. And uh, Gabrielle uh, Aquilino, Uber, she hasn't been in Aquilino in a long time. Uber had said something that she was taught when she was in training in ministry uh, that she never forgot that meant something to her. Others may, but I may not. Other people in life might do this or that, but not me. I can't. I can't go down that road. So others around you may go in the wrong direction. That doesn't mean you and I do. We have to have that opinion of, well, others may do this, but I don't. I don't go in this direction. I walk in a different direction. My mind is being renewed in the word of God. And, uh, you know, so many people we meet today... uh, They look like the world, they smell like the world, they act like the world, and by how you observe their lives, you would never guess they were a believer unless they told you. This ought not be. The body of Christ needs to be delivered from the bondage of uh, having their eye gate and their ear gate conform to this world. It so easily overtakes us. And for so many believers, um, this has become a pursuit of a lifetime. And you ask, why? why? Why such a long pursuit? Because many just don't take it seriously. It should be something that should be a priority to us. Too many believers just, you know, if you want to be honest, just live sloppy lives. Right? Uh, anybody remember the, um, he's gone home to be with the Lord, uh, famous evangelist years ago, R.W. Shambach oh, You don't know R.W. Shambach He was a tornado from the South. And... Uh, there's only one R.W. Schenck. He's, he's very, very. If you don't know what I'm talking about, very difficult to describe. But anyway, um, he he used to say, uh, he said, to no, too many. anybody here remember him? Help, okay, a few people. He used to say they want to do Shubop on Saturday night and praise God, amazing grace on Sunday morning. That's not a life where you're being renewed. Well, and Sunday in church will act different. This is where I act like a Christian, rather. This is just supposed to be a gathering place uh, to worship the Lord as believers. The real mission field is when you leave these doors and live out your Christian life. When you leave this building. This isn't your Christianity here. It's when you live it out. This is the gathering together of the believers to encourage one another in the Lord, worship our Savior, realizing why we're, we, we walk with God and live it out. And um, very important that uh, we just have just too many people that don't get it. They're just in love with this world age so anyway having this lack of deliverance in this phase of their lives is a real hindrance to fruitfulness in bearing fruit in the kingdom of god we have to remember that the evil one always is after us not to bear fruit in the kingdom he wants to hinder us from bearing fruit and he can't stop you you do it to yourself we do it to ourselves by just not going through the deliverances we are supposed to go through in life, being delivered from the negative confession, being delivered from not keeping our ear gate and our eye gate pure, not being transformed. This is an ongoing deliverance we all go through, this side of heaven. So in looking back here, I said this wasn't a long message, at these four areas of deliverance that we go through, uh, maybe you spot it where you're at. Uh, Most people are in the last two for sure. They have to be delivered from a negative confession. And they have to constantly be renewing their mind in the Word of God because they're not keeping their ear gate and their eye gate very well. And this is not meant to condemn anybody. Absolutely not. But we need to realize we're under construction. All of us are under construction. None of us have arrived. If you think you have, well, then we have found the the sin of pride and and, uh, you need to be delivered (laughs) from demons. Uh, So... Uh, we, we, we don't want to be full of ourselves here. All of us are under construction. All of us are growing in Christ. All of us are growing in holiness. But we're all at different phases, all at different areas where we're growing in Christ. And um, if we can remember just these simple four areas, we have something to pursue. We have this ongoing transformation that Paul tells us of that we read in uh, Romans chapter 12, where we pursue our own personal holiness, our own personal revival and we need to realize this is the direction we're called to these four phases of deliverance where we can grow in holiness the way the Lord would have us to be he tells us this all in first Peter chapter 2 verses 9 and 10 where Peter says but you are a chosen people you're not just anybody anymore You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Wow. A holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people, but now you are the people of God. And you have not received mercy, but now you have uh, now received mercy. So this royal priesthood that we're called to is a delivered people. We're a delivered people that God can use. Now, Father God's deliverance to us is his mercy. He doesn't uh, leave us to, you know, fend for ourselves. Well, maybe they'll, they'll get it right. Rather, Holy Spirit is constantly wooing us, coming alongside of us, teaching us, helping us, and yet he's gentle. We constantly resist him, and he won't bark back at us. He just keeps coming back in love, and pointing us in the right direction, pointing us in the right direction, leading us into the right direction, and hopefully sooner or later we listen. It goes far better when we listen. But we need to know the Lord is actively pursuing you and I with his love that he wants to see us uh, perfected. He wants to see us grow in a holiness that would not have been possible without him. He's leading us into a deliverance, rescuing us from things that we could not rescue ourselves from. But we have to cooperate. We have to at least know where he's leading us and what direction he's leading us into. And just follow. It goes much better for us when we agree and cooperate. Otherwise, it goes the way of pain. Because the most miserable person on the face of this earth is not someone that's lost and doesn't know Christ. The most miserable person is a believer who refuses to walk with the Lord. That's a miserable person because he has his hook in you and you're pulling your head in the other direction and he's pulling you in a different direction and he will win. It's better to submit and say, yes, Lord, I want my life to experience the deliverances and the rescuing that I need that I can't get apart from you. Hope you got something from that tonight. How about if we pray? Father God, continue to lead us into a deliverance, Father into these phases of deliverance, Father God, where we walk in a way, Lord, that honors you, that we grow in our holiness, Lord God, that you lead us, Father, by your Spirit, and that we are freed from the hindrances and and the bondages and the uh, distractions that this world would try to pull us away from you so that we would not be fruit bearers. Father God, we desire to be fruit bearers of you in the kingdom, and we ask, Lord God, that by your Spirit, Your spirit will lead us in the days ahead into all righteousness and all deliverance and rescuing us where we need rescue. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.